Turn with me if you haven't already. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And here's what Jesus said. Blessed, happy, (laughs) fortunate, in Greek, makarios, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Not may be satisfied, shall be satisfied, will be satisfied. You have God's Word on it. When Jesus uttered those words, His hearers could easily identify with what He's saying because they know what it is like to have such hunger pain, to have such thirst for water. And to them, the smallest amount of food and the drop of water is of extreme value. To them, food and water were so scarce (laughs) that they would not waste a crumb of bread or a drop of water. And so when Jesus said, Blessed, happy, makarios are you who hunger and thirst, their ears perked up. Their ears wanted to hear. You remember, they always went after Jesus after He gave them food because that is such hunger. There's such thirst that they understand. I am told by the experts, that there are four stages to starvation. Four stages. First of all, you have irritation. You become so irritable, you get easily set off. Then followed by a state of exhaustion. Thirdly, it's followed by deep depression. And finally, fourthly, it follows by a stage of physical lesslessness. The irony is this. Jesus promised that for that spiritual hunger, for that spiritual thirst, for that hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will never die of starvation. In fact, that is the very thing that God is going to fill to overflowing. It will fill completely satisfied. But listen, if you let yourself spiritually starve, or if you try to satisfy that hunger for righteousness that only Jesus can fill, if you try to fill that with fake food, you'll go through those four stages. You'll go through them. Someone may ask, well, Michael, what is that fake food? Well, let me illustrate this. In Central America, There is a native plant known as nardu. Nardu, this native plant in South America, when you eat it, it fills you if you're hungry. It will satisfy your thirst. And so, when a group of British explorers were going through the jungles of Central America, their guide told them about this plant so that for days they will eat the nardu plant. And it, this does it satisfy them. It took away their hunger pain, but they all died of malnutrition. Why? Because they were not aware of the plant's deceptive character. Beloved, listen to me. When you and I try to satisfy our deepest longing for God, by anything or anyone, we're going to end up in danger of spiritual malnutrition. Listen, church membership 
will not satisfy that hunger and thirst. Dependence on a certain preacher or teacher will not satisfy that hunger and thirst. Focusing on ceremony or ritual or church ceremonial will not satisfy that hunger and thirst. Relying on your reputation as a Christian will not satisfy that hunger and thirst. Relying on some religious activities will not satisfy that hunger and thirst because it is so deep. If you rely on anything or anyone to receive other than receiving more of God in your life, that will lead to spiritual malnutrition. First, you become irritable, and you become susceptible to the various temptations. You will lash out at anyone for any reason all the time. You will attack anyone who exhorts you to righteousness. You will stop going to church or fellowship with other believers. And when you hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you become irritable and you resist. You will find the smallest spiritual rebuke sets you off. You will become and blame everyone for everything. That preacher doesn't preach right. That church doesn't church right. The deacons don't deek right. The ushers don't ush right. And you can't trust the trustees. Be careful. Be careful. If this is happening to you, watch out. That is the first stage of spiritual starvation. And you need only one thing, more of God more of God's righteousness, more of God's holiness, more of God's presence, more of God's filling. Now, I plead with you, don't feed your hunger on fake food, because a steady diet of fake food will lead to malnutrition. You're going to get to the second stage of exhaustion, you're going to get then to the third stage of total depression, and eventually you'll become spiritually lessless. Jesus said, happy, blessed, makarios are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, beloved, just all human beings are created by God to hunger for physical food, to thirst for water in order to survive. If we didn't have that feeling of hunger and thirst, we wouldn't survive as, as humanity. God created that in us. The new creation that the Holy Spirit created in the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, those who are on their way to heaven, the Redeemer, when we became born again of the Spirit of God, he recreated in us spiritual hunger and thirst for righteousness, a deep-felt spiritual hunger for more of God and less of me, a passion inside of our soul that will only be satisfied by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And, beloved, for God's sake, Please do not try, do not try to fill this need with junk food or poison water. 
In Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Paul said, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things below. Let me make a statement. It may surprise some of you, not all of you, but some of you, but it's the truth. To the spiritual person, that is the person who's constantly hungering and thirsting for God, constantly hungering and thirsting for righteousness, to them, the supernatural seems as natural. Did you get that? When you're constantly hungering for God, knowing that God will only fill that hunger, the only one who can do that, you're going to discover that living in the supernatural is very natural. Think about this. Think about it for a long time. Think about it. Jeremiah warned the people who said they have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the source of the living water. And they began to dig for themselves cisterns, cisterns that did not hold water. They dry up even before they finished digging them. Beloved, don't try to fill it with the wrong things. The parodical son kept on filling his stomach with the husk that was fed to the pigs until one day he came to his senses and went home to his daddy where he got feasts after feasts. Come home to your daddy. Come home to your daddy. Blessed, happy, Makarios are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You have Jesus' word on it. Question, what is this righteousness that Jesus is talking about? How do you hunger for that righteousness? And how do you do this on an ongoing basis? First of all, I'm going to tell you what this righteousness is not okay? Then I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is not. This is not the righteousness, the imputed righteousness. That's why the word imputed is given to you, that righteousness that is credited to you. You could not earn it in a million years. It's imputed to you the moment you come to Jesus and ask for salvation. The moment you receive Him as your Savior and Lord, He imputes this righteousness on you. He gives it to you as a credit, an unpayable back. (laughs) It's credit. It's credited to you. That is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In fact, it is implied in the first step. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's implied. That moment he gives you imputed righteousness. Why does he give you an imputed righteousness? Because the God the Father whose eyes are purer than to look upon sin, he's going to look at you through the prism of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's the only way God can see you as righteous, that imputed righteousness that Jesus gives you. The moment you transfer your hope, the moment you transfer your confidence from your good works, from your good things, from feeling that you are a good person, the moment you transfer that hope from there to the blood of Jesus Christ, He gives you that imputed righteousness. 
something you could never have in a million years. His righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus. But that's not the righteousness he's talking about here that we hunger and thirst for on a regular basis. It is different righteousness altogether. There's more. It is not even the righteousness of wanting to see the right thing being done. I think we all, to a certain degree, want to see the right thing being that. That is seeking to see righteousness. We want to see righteousness in our land. We want to see righteousness in our nation. We want to see justice and fairness. We want to see things done right. But that's not that same righteousness that he's talking about here. Wanting to see things done right is great. But that's not it. That is not the righteousness that Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes. So what is that righteousness that we are to hunger and thirst for? It is the deep longing for you and me to have more of God and less of us. It is an unseen righteousness. It is a hidden righteousness. It is deeply personal and intense desire for more of God and less of me. The righteousness of the Pharisees was Jesus warns us about in Matthew 23, verse 5. He said, don't do this. The righteousness of the Pharisees is an outward righteousness. It is seen by people. It is righteousness for a show. It's show and tell. It is blowing your trumpet so people can hear it, type of righteousness. It is pretentious righteousness. It is filled with smugness and arrogance and haughtiness. And Jesus said, that is not the righteousness that you should be looking for. The righteousness that Jesus is talking about here in the Beatitude is when I hunger and thirst in absolute desperation. is very different from the righteousness of the Pharisees. This is almost unconscious righteousness. It is unpretentious righteousness. It is the kind of righteousness that makes you feel so utterly, completely, totally unworthy of the grace of God. I want to tell you something that you can take to the bank. The more saintly a person is, the more saintly a person becomes, the greater sinner he or she feels. Take that to the bank. The least worthy you feel. In John chapter 5, verse 44 Jesus rebukes this righteousness of the Pharisees, <laughs> and he said to them, let me read to you what Jesus said, how can you believe if you accept praise from one another? They were patting each other in the back. You're a good guy. No, 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 you're a better guy. You're a, you're a good guy. No, 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 you're a good guy. You're a good guy. No, you're a better guy. He said, as long as you're doing this, <laughs> and you make no effort to obtain the praise that comes only from God, you'll not be filled. When you live and you think 
and you plan and you eat and you drink and be all about the approval of God, you will be most likely misunderstood even by fellow believers, let alone the world, but you will be misunderstood, I promise you. I know. I'm there. I've been there. But here's the most amazing thing. It is appreciated by God. It's appreciated by God. It might not be appreciated by your family members. It might not be appreciated by your friends. It might not be appreciated by other members of the church, the believers. But God does. He's the one who appreciates it. He appreciates that hunger and thirst for righteousness. This yearning on the inside, this deep longing that cannot be even verbalized in words, that fire in your bones, this intense desire to please only one person, when you have that ache in your heart for the holiness of Jesus, when your only longing is for Him and to please Him, when you want to say with Paul in the Philippians 3.10, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. When you get to that point, you'll be granted satisfaction by Jesus Himself. Jesus promised He will fill that hunger. This hunger and thirst is not a once-off thing that you've experienced it once in your life when you're going through a crisis. It's not a one-time experience. No, 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 no. No, no, don't miss this. It is continuous. It's continuous hunger for more and more and more. In my case, there are days and times when that hunger and thirst is more intense than other days. But I don't know a day in which I did not hunger and thirst for God. I want more of God and less of me. Hunger and thirst to please God alone. Hunger and thirst to please Him with all of my heart, with all of my being, with all of my substance, with all of my time, with all of that He placed in my hand. Hunger and thirst to love Him more every day than the previous day. Hunger and thirst to seek Him more and less of me. Hunger and thirst to honor Him in every waking moment of my life. Hunger and thirst to pursue His righteousness. So what is that satisfaction? How do you know you've been satisfied by, with this hunger being satisfied and thirst being satisfied? I can tell you exactly what it is. It's when you feel deep, deep peace, regardless of the viruses and the diseases that are plaguing the world. It's deep confidence and trust in Him in spite of the infectious fear. It is joy in the midst of the world's confusion. It is the ability to praise and worship and thank Him instead of fretting and fearing. When you're experiencing that incredible pain that comes from starvation, from hunger, 
the most beautiful flower arrangement in the world will not get your attention. The most magnificent music on the face of the earth is not going to distract you because your attention is on the hunger pain. The most magnificent view of nature, the beauty of nature, cannot take your mind off that pain. When Esau was hungry, he was starving, he comes home, and for a bowl of soup, he sold his most privileged position, his birthright. A bowl of soup. Hunger can make you do physical hunger I'm talking about. Oh, but listen, when you hunger and thirst for more of God, nothing else will fill you but God. And so today, wherever you are, whatever country you're in, whatever part of the world you're in, whatever time zone you're in, you can say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I've ran after other things thinking that they will satisfy me, but they're not. I have looked for satisfaction in all kinds of things, and yet they're not satisfying me. I'm now hungering and thirsting for you. I now know this. I know only you can satisfy my hunger. Only you can quench my thirst. I want more of you and less of me. Beloved, God will answer that prayer. You take his word on it. He will answer it, and He's going to fulfill your deepest longing. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.